turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. You can turn once again to the Gospel of John, chapter 16. Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 33. This is part two of the message that we began on last Sunday. This is the culminating part of the message. But part two, Gospel of John, 16, it says... These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. These things I have spoken to you, that in me, say in me, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And from that particular passage of scripture, we want to preach from the subject what to do when trials come my way. What to do when trials come my way. All of us sooner or later uh, will come face to face with calamities. All of us sooner or later will come face to face with afflictions and difficulties in life. It is impossible rather to live this life and not go through times of sufferings. You can't live in this world and not have pain. And you sure can't go through this world and not have hardships come your way. As we look around us in everyday, in, in everyday situations and in every direction, we see disaster after disaster. And we see destruction and the constant threat of terrorism. We've had our Katrina. We've seen the devastating earthquakes. We've had pandemic diseases like the H1N1 virus, the current E. coli outbreaking in Europe, and now even in America which is a resistant to antibiotics, the, the raging floods of homes and farmlands and businesses are flooded. And then there are states experiencing uncontrollable fires, burning up everything uh, in its path, people just grabbing a little goods and fleeing for their very lives. I told you last Sunday, we need to hold things lightly because you can have it today and all of a sudden you're given just moments to get out of the house. What do you grab in that little time? You can't pull out your couch and your bed. You just got to pull out one. If you can get three things, you'll be doing well. Hold things lightly. Hold them lightly. And then we know about the tornadoes, the horrific tornadoes that have swept across 
across the states like Alabama, Georgia, Arkansas, Tennessee, Springfield, Massachusetts, and Joplin, Missouri, which resulted in tear-jerking testimonies of victims who lived through an indescribable, terrifying experience of an F5 tornado, the likes of which those persons in Joplin have never encountered. We can't begin to imagine having children and spouses sucked out of our arms and cars or to walk through the ruins of that which was once called home. And just in case you're out of touch with what's going on in the world, this message is designed to prepare us for our own crises that are sure to come. In this particular passage, the words of our Savior come in the closing days of his life. Jesus is in the upper room where he speaks words of comfort Words of encouragement, words of hope to his disciples because Jesus is about to make his soon departure and the disciples will carry on the mission and work of the kingdom. But as they do, they will uh, experience the intensity of persecution that's sure to come. So Jesus Christ is building them up, nurturing them, preparing them for his departure and the oncoming persecution that is soon to come upon even them for the sake of the gospel. And let me tell you something. You keep talking Jesus and witnessing Jesus and you will have persecution. And then you have persecution just from living in this world. There'll be things that will intrude into our lives that are beyond our control. So I'll not go back to all the points that I elaborated on last time. We're going to end up with, well, we're going to just do maybe a three- we're going to reverse back to three of the points and then proceed further. Uh, so just what do we do when trials come our way? Just what do we do? Number seven, uh, we'll take it up where we left off. When going through adversity, always leave room for the sovereignty of God. You say, what is the sovereignty of God? The sovereignty of God is God having the right to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. God has no constraints No one's controlling God. Nobody nobody can tell God what to do. He's God all by himself. And you say, well, where's God? He's always where he's been. He's on the throne. That's right. He's on the throne. And at the same time being omnipresent, he's also in you, in in the person of of Jesus Christ living in you. So so God 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 is not lost. Maybe you've wandered from God, but God is not hardly lost. So we have to leave room for the sovereignty of God. We will not be able to fully grasp how God lets one live through those tornadoes and somebody else die uh, being snatched away uh, out of the arms of parents or spouse. There are mysteries in the kingdom that we won't fully understand till we get to heaven. And two great illustrations to substantiate this particular profound principle are found in the the book of Acts, chapter 12, 1 through 8. Just jot it down. We read it last time. We won't read it today for the sake of time. And it's also found in Acts, chapter 12, 8 through 10. You have James being killed by Herod, and then Peter is miraculously released supernaturally. And why is it that God would allow James to be killed and then allow Peter to be supernaturally delivered? We can't understand that. They were faithful men of God. They were both apostles. They both loved God, but God takes one and leaves the other. Same thing happens in tornadoes. And same things happen. Twins are born. One lived and one died. And all, car wrecks happens and one spouse lived and the other spouse died. 
And all of these things. Why, why is one taken and the other stayed? Can you give me an answer to that, Draper? I can't. If I could, I'd be God. There are some mysteries in the kingdom that we'll not understand until we get to the other side. But when we don't understand, that's where our faith kicks in. Faith is trusting God even when you don't understand. When you can't figure it out, you, you just trust God on anyway. Anyhow, and God never told us to live this Christian walk that we have to have all the answers. He says, just believe me, believe my words and live by faith. Number eight, what to do when trials come our way? Allow the Lord to teach us invaluable life lessons through the storms of life. Allow the Lord to teach us invaluable lessons through the storms of life. All of our lessons do not have to be hard learned, brothers and sisters. We can save ourselves some trouble and learn from others who rebelled and received divine chastening. You see, my friends, life is too fragile. The days are too evil. Our nation and lives are inundated with too many turbulent events. And death is too close for us not to learn from the lessons of others who experience judgment from God. Do you have to get the same whipping somebody else got? Can't you just learn from other folk failures and then say, well, I'm not going to do that. And a wonderful scripture of illustration is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 11. I will uh, reread this particular passage because it's just so uh, riveting uh, as, it, as it relates to uh, learning from history. Those who have rebelled and their consequences, which should shape us up even now. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 through 11, it says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all of our fathers were under the clouds. That's speaking of Israel being delivered out of Egypt. All passed through the sea. You know, the Red Sea opened up and all of that. All were baptized in Moses and, uh, into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Verse 3, and ate the same spiritual food, bread from heaven, and all drank the spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. In other words, they became a stench in the nostrils of God. For their bodies, because of their rebellion, the, here are the consequences. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Verse 6. Now these things became, underline this, what? Our example. Whose example? Say it again. Whose example? Our examples, yes, our examples. He's given example after example after example. In other words, will you get the message? Our examples to, in, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on him and him alone to uniquely perform his good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Verse 7, and do not become idolaters as were some of them as it is written. 
The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. They were having sexual orgies and they were wife swapping. They were doing every kind of thing. They were just immoral as we see in America and around the world today. Verse 8, nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. Sexual immorality is nothing new. What that congressman is going through right now, that's, that's all over the television, is nothing new. Look, nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, say one day, 23,000, say 23,000, say 23,000. Yo, that's a whole lot of folk. 23,000 fell, nor let us tempt, which means test Christ. As some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. He six snakes on them. Say, get, get them poisonous vipers. Get those rebellious foods. Verse 10. Nor complain. Say nor complain. Will God get you from, for complaining? Huh? Answer me. Will God get you for complaining? Will God get you for complaining? Then why do you complain if God don't get you for complaining? It says nor complain as some of them also complain. Say complain. People complain about everything. And were destroyed by the destroyer for doing what? Complaining. complaining. A nagging, complaining wife. Nagging, complaining husband. Nagging, complaining ungrateful children. Now all these things happen. Complaining in the church. Now all these things happen to them as what? Examples. And they were written for what? Our admonition. You know what admonition is? Our warning. Hey. I'm warning you through biblical illustrations, get your act together because if you don't, what happened to them is going to happen to you. Huh? Upon whom the end of the ages have come. There's something I want to say to you and I want you to get the point and get the point loud and clear. Why is it that we refuse to learn from the rebellion and consequences of Israel? Y'all, how many of y'all understood what I just read and explained to you? Don't fool me now. How many of you really understood what I just read and exegeted for you? Why is it that then, knowing what you know, we refuse to learn from the rebellion and consequences of Israel? It's amazing that one of the truisms of history is that we don't learn from history. Isn't it amazing? That's a truism from history. That we do not learn from what? History. History. And y'all talking about, ooh, look at this guy. Look at Wiener. Look at this. And people are making fun, poking fun, and cracking jokes, and being sarcastic. But let me tell you something. My question to you is to get off of him. The real question is, what you going to learn from it? Huh? Huh? You're making him the butt of jokes, but the real issue is... What are you learning? The Bible says, take heed lest you fall. Are you exempt from falling? That's right. You can live holy and still be accused and find yourself in a mess even though you've done nothing. You think I'm lying? Just check out Joseph. Did nothing wrong, lied on, end up in prison, and yet he was a holy, righteous man. Slandered against all these things. If you want a greater, the greatest example is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
came unto his own. His own received him not. Said, never said a wrong word. Never thought a wrong thought. He came to, to show them the, the most excellent way. And, and yet they lied on him, caused his works, the, the, that of Beelzebub, and, and, and just mocked his holy name. And yet he was totally innocent. Just because you're innocent don't mean you won't be in a storm by way of accusation and slander. And then may I say this to you today, I submit. The same God that judged sin in the past will judge it today and in the future. The same God that judged sin in the past is the same God who will judge it today and judge it in the future. Number nine, the recent catastrophic events are a wake-up call to America. These fires and floods and tornadoes and droughts and on and on it goes, viruses and all these things. They're a wake-up call to America and especially the church of the living God. God is calling the prophetic voices of our day to sound the alarm, to tell his people to wipe the sleep of lethargy and apathy from their eyes and wake up. Turn to Romans chapter 13 verses 11 through 14. For, For heaven's sake, it's time for God's people to wake themselves up. Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. It says, and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. He's talking to the church. Some dark things going on in the church. Let let, let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly. As in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness and lewdness and lust, nor strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its desires. You see, the reason the church is not making an impact is because the church has gone to sleep. Rock-a-bye, baby. You are sleeping in the midst of catastrophic, unprecedented times. When are you going to wake up? If the horrific events have not in these events, horrific they may be, have not enhanced, energized, or stirred up your spiritual life, you have still not yet gotten the message. You are asleep and unconscious to the reality of what's going on around you. For heaven's sake, wake up. What, what are you doing differently in light of all of the atrocities that's happening around us? How is that impacting you for the better in your walk with the Lord? You mean all these fires and all these floods and all these things, and even San Antonio is ripe for mass fires. What are you doing differently in light of what we're experiencing as a nation? You still saying the same old thing? Go in the same old place? Huh? You just divorce yourself as if that can't happen to you? What are you doing differently because of what's going on around you? In the, I'm not talking about across the world. I'm talking about here in America. In other words, has your prayer life increased because of these catastrophic events? Hmm? What about your time in the Word? Has it increased? How about your Sunday school attendance? Do you even know who your teacher is? Or do you even know where the classroom is? 
What about the Lord's Supper and baptism? When is the last time you've been and rejoiced in the fact that you can remember Jesus around the table or be satisfied or be thankful in, in the baptism of saints like we're going to have after this service during the Sunday school hour? We're going to have the baptism of saints uh, and rejoicing that not just in your child being baptized, coming to Christ and being baptized, but somebody else's child because souls are coming in the kingdom for such a time as this. Has your giving to the Lord increased or, or are you still holding back that which belonged to God? You mean to Tell me you are robbing God in the midst of all these calamities and yet he gives you your breath, your strength, the eyes, your, your hearing, the, your energy, your, the blood that run, runs warm in your body. What are you doing? How do you show thanks and gratitude for who he is and what he has done in your life? And then even more, who are you telling about Jesus in light of these calamities? Who are you telling about Jesus? If this is not stirring you up, you need to go to the spiritual ICU unit. That's right. You in bad shape. You are so out of touch. You are so bad shape until, until, until you need to go to the spiritual ICU unit and let God do serious surgery on you so that you can wake yourself up and get in a hurry to be about the father's business. Number 10, as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus. We will not be overcome by the circumstances of life. As long as we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, we will not be overtaken by the circumstances and calamities of life. I love what Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You need to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, not fixed on reality shows. That's right. Not fixed on celebrities, not fixed on your own worldly goods. It's time to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus lest you become frigidy and lose heart. Number 11, value your relationships and where there is estrangement, do everything possible to be reconciled. Value your relationships and where there's estrangement, do everything you possibly can to be reconciled. Listen, we must have the peace of Christ before we can share the gospel of reconciliation. You got to know Christ and have peace from God before you can share the gospel that reconciles man back to God. As a matter of fact, you can't make peace if you don't have Christ who is peace living in you. That's right. That's right. You got to listen. People need to see God at work at you. Then you can be a peacemaker to the glory of God. Romans twelve eighteen says, if it is possible, sometimes it is not possible for reconciliation to occur because the other person don't want it. I don't care what you do, but you make sure you've done all you can do. And once that you have done, once you have done all that you can do, all that you can do, then leave it to Jesus. Okay. Cause you can't change the other person's heart. That's right. So, so if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Listen, y'all, it is too much, uh, uh, there are too much atrocities and horrific events happening around us for us, not, for people not to be speaking to each other, to be mad at each other, to be gossiping about each other, to be slandering one another. Listen, 
for husbands to be at wives and wives at husbands and children against parents and parents against children and mother-in-laws becoming outlaws and all of these things. You can't go to a family reunion because you're mad about something. You can't eat together at Thanksgiving and, and, and bite the turkey because you're mad. You can't, you can't settle around the Christmas tree because you're mad. Do not let death catch you in a, a strange relationship. And then you hollering and screaming all over the casket. Get off that casket. You didn't do right while they were living. Get up and get off of it. Get off. Listen, it's not going to help hurt you to go and make up. You say, but I didn't do it. That's not the issue. God is calling you to be the spiritual one. That's right. You're supposed to be growing. You in the church. You say, but they're in the church too. Maybe you're more mature than them. Well, I can't. Well, maybe you're less mature than them. Huh? How on this side of heaven can you be mad at your brothers and sisters, your siblings, and all these folks? Listen, lay down your weapons. Seal your tongue because life and death is in the power of the tongue. Y'all killing y'all family. Y'all just killing y'all family. And how is hurting somebody else going to help you? How is it going to help you? Tell, give me three things of benefits to you when you try to hurt somebody or harbor that grudge because you are justified in how you believe and what you think. Get over yourself. Oh, God help me preach this message. The fire might be coming tomorrow at your house and you mad what, what somebody got grandmama, mama stuff and your stuff is about to be wiped out. All of your grandparents, mama and mama's heirlooms, all of that, every picture going to be gone and you still mad about some watch you should have gotten. Or some fork or some silverware. Some jewelry, and you about to lose everything you got and don't know it. If you, if you could only see what's coming to you, you would set your house in order. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas or call us at 210-821-5683.